name is Neil Middleton and every month we create informative content for you as we talk to important, influential and inspirational people from the world of bats as well as other areas of interest. To find out more about Batability, go to batability.co.uk. Now for the interview, let's do it. Oh, hello, hello and welcome to this very special edition of Talking Bat, or dare I say it, talking back the old bat. Okay, so we'll explain a little bit more what we mean by that in a few moments. And I want to rest assured everybody that I did not come up with that title myself. Is that right, Anne Youngman? Yes, it was all my own work. Yes, there is no way I would ever call you or even think within my deepest thoughts that you're an old bat, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Well, I'm going as a compliment. <laughs> Anne is, in fact, going to be doing a marathon later this year where the funds from her efforts are going to be donated to the Bat Conservation Trust. So, Anne, are you looking forward to what we're about to do? I think so. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We've known each other for quite a long time. Um, goodness, I'm trying to think. Well, it must, be were... since, it must be since about the year 2000. Yeah. To do with Bat, Bat and the Millennium Link. Yeah, yeah. So that's goodness. Uh, I, I certainly remember someone talking about you saying, and I've met this really keen young chap. And he wants to do a project along the canals. And that was you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, keen, I can relate to that. Uh, young, I think that's just showing how long ago well, that was. Exactly. <laughs> so let's have a, a little bit of a, a chat, first of all, about your background. So you were the first Scottish officer for the Bat Conservation Trust. And I think I'm right in saying you were the first regional officer of any complexion for the Bat Conservation Trust. And that all started around about 2003. And you retired from that position in 2017. Do you want to just talk very briefly about what you used to do for BCT? Oh, gosh, where do I start? It, I have to say it was just the job that was just perfect for me. I absolutely loved it. So before I worked for the Bat Conservation Trust, I'd worked initially for the Nature Conservancy Council, and then they became Scottish Natural Heritage. And my work with them involved bat work, which I just absolutely loved. I loved meeting people and nosing around their houses and their attics and you know talking to them about bats. But after a while with them, I began to feel that I'd sort of peaked. You know, what I was good at, I wasn't. I, you know I was still good at and what I wasn't very good at I wasn't getting any better at I started looking for other jobs and there never seemed to be anything and then the Bat Conservation Trust advertised for a Scottish Bat Office and I looked through the list of things I thought oh, I can do that 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 as well and I just I just was so keen that actually when people talk to me about the job I had to say please don't talk to me anymore because I feel quite <laughs> sick <laughs> so, you know, I really, really wanted, it's almost like, you know, when you're house hunting and you see yeah. the house of your dreams and yeah. you just want to stand on the doorstep and say, nope, nobody else look. No, no, it's, you know, don't, don't look, don't look. It's not, it's fine. It's fine. 
<laughs> so I did, I had my interview and I got the job and it, it was just wonderful. I had 15 years of really interesting, really varied work. Um, so it was, it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, I look back on that period because uh, uh, I remember the time before there was that position. I remember it being announced that uh, you'd got the job and, and, and quite a few times during that 15 year period, our paths crossed uh, in good ways. Uh, yeah. you, I mean, sometimes I supported uh, your, yourself and there were loads of times you were supporting stuff that we were doing initially with BATML and then sometimes with training to do with echoes and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, everybody watching this, um, if you've if you've been in Scotland doing bat work in the last uh, you know 15, 20 years and you haven't come across Anne Youngman, you really have missed out on something. <laughs> and I've and I've got to say, where have you been and what have you been doing if you don't know who this is? Okay. <laughs> so. I have to say, I think that the lovely thing about bat work in Scotland and, and especially like the Scottish conferences, it, it was always very, very friendly. And when we had our conferences, it was a bit like a big big family get together you know you maybe hadn't yeah. seen somebody since last year and it was just it was just always lovely yeah yeah and of course these Scottish conferences they they became the forerunner for a uh, because BCT then progressed to have other regional offices uh, officers rather and and then as well as the Scottish back conference they then started having other regional back yeah. conferences over a period of time. So it was almost like you were a pioneer. You were a bit of a forerunner to some of what happened. Yeah? Well, that, that sounds a bit grand, but <laughs> I think it was more just that, you know, England is such a massive big chunk <laughs> and yeah. Scotland is much neater and nicer. So, yeah. <laughs> but it was nice. And the Scottish ones always had a reputation for being very friendly and supportive. So I was always keen that we kept that up. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But we're not going to get all Scottish and English today. No, especially, no, 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 no. Especially bearing in mind that eight, eight o'clock tonight, Scotland are going to be playing England in the Euros. And obviously, by the time anybody watches this, they're going to know what the score was. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah. but all, all, all I'm going to say at this stage is um, may the best team win. Okay, so uh, so come on, Scotland, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, here is something I also remember. Around uh, about the time when you retired, or just after you retired from wow. the BCP situation, I can't remember the exact timing, but you got this uh, amazing award, a Nature of Scotland Lifetime Achievement Award winner 2017. How did you feel about that? That must have been a bit of a shock, <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> It was a Lifetime Achievement Award, and I thought, oh, flipping heck, I've peaked too early. Or, <laughs> or, they expect me to die soon. <laughs> what was really funny was I knew I'd been nominated for um, possibly a Species Champions Award. Okay. And, uh, and that was sort of like quite near the end of the evening. And anyway, they read out and they described all the people who'd been... Um, who'd been nominated and who'd become species champions and I wasn't on that list and all the people on my table were saying oh sorry I'm sorry I'm well no no it, that's fine because the people who had won had done amazing things you know yeah. and then they started talking about the lifetime achievement award and I was sitting there slightly in a bit of a daydream thinking oh I wonder who this will be 
thinking, I bet it'll be some old guy, you know, some old beardy guy who's like an expert on lichens and (laughs) sitting there in this daydream. And then they said, I'm young man. Oh, yeah, I do know her. It was totally, totally unexpected and and absolutely delightful. It was it was amazing. Yeah, just perfect. I just think that must have been a a wonderful way to um, take that chapter of your life to to uh, you know you know. And I'm saying chapter. Yes, it rounded off my work with BCT really, really nicely. Um, but yeah, when you get a lifetime achievement, you think, "Ooh, help!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I've, I, you know, I hope there's plenty of life still in me yet. Oh. Well, I don't know. I reckon if I live to be 250 years old, I'll probably still never get one of those anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's amazing because you've also got to remember here that this wasn't this. Well, as you've touched upon, this wasn't just something that was reflected. Uh, within the the bat community this was across all species yeah and all of nature so it wasn't it wasn't an award just for bat people this was no no no, as you say no lichens to to eagles and everything in between yeah so it's really nice really nice and then of course some other things Uh, I remember uh, I remember you telling me a few years ago uh, might have been around about 2017, 2018, said, oh, I'm going to try this couch to 5K thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that to me. Uh, you probably don't remember, yeah. but I remember because... Well, uh, well I, I, did, I did start it. I started it, yeah, before I retired. Did it for a week. Uh, and then any <laughs> more. And then I a week. Back, yeah. So that's more like kind of couch to the front door, is it? <laughs> exactly. And then about a year later, I started again and again. I did it for about a week. And then eventually when I retired, I thought, no, I've really got to have a go at this. If you're enjoying listening to our podcasts, perhaps you would also be interested in joining Batability Club. To find out more about Club, which includes hundreds of hours of accessible training resources available to you in your own time and at your pace, Compatibility.co.uk. Thank you. So then I did it for five weeks. So that was an improvement, but I didn't have proper running shoes. I had shoes that looked like running shoes, so I thought they might just do. <laughs> After five weeks, my Achilles tendon was absolutely killing me. So I had to rest for a while, get some proper trainers. And then the next time, so fourth time lucky. I actually got all the way through from couch to 5k. So that was brilliant. Wow. There were little smiley faces on my calendar every day for my training. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. And uh, I don't know, that's, that's, that's an achievement. That, that is an achievement because, um, you know, m- many people, you know, don't do this or don't think they can do it. And, and 5k is, is a pretty big achievement. It's nowhere close to the achievement we're going to talk about in a few moments, but I've also heard that as well as running, you're now into triathlon as well. Do you want to tell I me a little am. bit about this? I am. I'm Because I'm so old now as well, you see, I'm a super veteran triathlon, which sounds, <laughs> I think, I mean, super veteran does sound sort of a bit superhero. Right. Actually, all it means is that one, I'm over 60, 
Two, I can swim, I can cycle, and I can run, well, run, you know, gently jog, and I can do them one after another. So all you wow. need to do is put them together, and that's it, you're a triathlete. Wow. So does this mean you end, look, I've never tried triathlon. Uh, I've done quite a bit of cycling, yeah? Uh, uh-huh. As you know, I do, running is something I do uh, every other day. I've never done a marathon, I hasten to add. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing that's always put me off triathlon is I've just never fancied jumping into a lake or a river uh, and swimming any great distance, bearing in mind all of the potential stuff that you could, mm. could come <laughs> across in that kind of environment. Uh, so have you done that? Have you done like the open water type swimming or the river swimming? Yeah. Not yet. No, I've done um, I've done a couple where you swim in a swimming pool. But okay. to be honest, there might be quite a bit of growth. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you've got 300 people in the pool, you know, one after another, after another. Yeah. No, I, 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 um, I don't like to think too much about that. Um, I do tend to swim in the sea now, though. Um, okay. I got myself a wetsuit and I've been swimming over a year in the sea. Not, wow. not non-stop for a year. <laughs> <About two feet>. <laughs> <laughs> you're, better, you're better than I thought. <laughs> I did think that, you know, come the warmer weather, I would get rid of my neoprene and just swim in a costume. But actually, I get the absolute heebie-jeebies when I see jellyfish. So it's neoprene all year round for me. Okay. okay. What sort of distances do you do for the bike and the swimming? I mean, what, um, what, what sort of distance? I would, I would say my everyday normal distance on the bike will be about four miles a day. Okay. Um, and swimming is probably half a mile a day. My my met best ever swim was three and a half miles. That's my, been my longest. <laughs> wow, wow. I once did, a, when I was in secondary school, uh, I did this, uh, I think a lot of people did it when, when we were younger, maybe you did, did this thing where you got a, a badge if you could swim a mile. Uh-huh. And I seem to remember for the swimming pool that I did it in, it was something like, 64 lengths maybe of that pool Uh but that was in a pool (laughs) and that was only a mile I can't imagine what uh, you know that's that's it's actually much more fun if you're doing it in sea or in a river in a lot because in a pool you know it's just backwards and forwards but so boring yeah Uh, but if you're actually you know like swimming across a loch to get to an island or you're swimming up and down the seashore then at least there's interesting things along the way yeah and trying to avoid sharks and jellyfish and (laughs) (laughs) having said that based on what you were saying about the swimming pool um I'm I'm kind of thinking in reflection that maybe I should maybe try the river instead of the pool if I'm gonna do this (laughs) oh goodness what else do I have what else do I have um yeah, so we now, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about this because, look, to be honest, and it's probably a bloke thing, yeah, I've never knitted anything in my life, yeah, uh-huh. and and I can't imagine getting that excited about knitting anything, uh-huh. but, but, but this is definitely something that you're into. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to talk about your knitting? Yeah. And well, I, I, I've got this theory that actually humans 
respond very well to repeating patterns. That's probably why we like music and why people see a sort of beauty in maths when they see repeating patterns. So I quite like knitting because once you get knitting, you get a lovely sort of rhythmic flow to it. And here I've been knitting batty things. So, I mean, that's just two, two passions together. And then there's my um, bat hibernation outfit ready. <laughs> something I, there's a lovely story to this knitting pattern. I'll try and make it short. But no, no, go for it. Please do. Um, well, go for it. Yeah. I was looking on this website called Ravelry, which all knitters and crochet people just get hooked on, literally. Um, <laughs> and I saw these wonderful hats by a lady called uh, Joanne London, or Landon. I think she's Swedish. And she'd done lots of wonderful animal patterns, but she didn't have a bat. So I emailed her and said, you know, I love what you've done. You, you haven't got a pattern for a bat, have you? And she got back to me, she said, how strange that I should ask that. Because a little bat had flown into her house about a week before. And she'd been so fascinated and captivated by it. She decided to do a pattern for a bat hat but she hadn't published it yet. Nobody had tested it out. Would I like to test it out for her, like knit it up? So wow. I said, yeah, I've never knitted anything like that before. So that was lovely. And we emailed backwards and forwards a bit about bats and things. Now, remember, she's from Sweden. About three, maybe four years later, I was at a knitting festival in Inverness. And I don't know why. But I just had this feeling, almost like a sort of deja vu of, wouldn't it be lovely if I met that lady, Johan, okay. at this meeting? And I thought, well, you know, what, what's, you know, just what a silly idea, basically. Yeah. And then I was standing at somebody's stall and there was there were two ladies, one sort of either side of me, and one spoke to the other in a language that obviously wasn't English and I didn't recognise it. And I looked at this lady. Now, I'd looked at so many photographs of her modelling her hats, I thought, that looks like Johan. Okay. So I said, excuse me, I said, are you Johan Landon? And she sort of looked at me and she said, how do you know? And I said, are you? She said, yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm the bat lady. By this time, I was nearly in tears because it was just such wow. an amazing coincidence. Wow. And it was her. And we talked about the bat hat and we just thought, what an amazing coincidence. After that email thing years before, that we should actually meet up. And you know, if I'd been there like five minutes later, I might not have even, she might have moved to another thing. Or so, not spoke, or so, not spoken. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I just think this bat hat is special in so many ways. <laughs> but you know something, that is just an amazing story. It, it, and I feel almost goosebumpy yeah. telling it again. Yeah. And and isn't, you know, isn't life so wonderfully odd? Yes, yeah, those lovely, literally those batty connections with somebody on the other side of the world. It's great. Yeah. The other thing that's lovely about this is you can't tell from the picture, but there are five bats around the hat. So when okay. you look at it from top, you get a woo-foo design, you know, the five bats for the five. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I just feel as if I'm blessed in my lovely, warm, cosy hat. <laughs> So are you going to be wearing this when you're doing your marathon or? Uh, I uh, think that will be a bit too hot. Yeah. But I might, I might just knit myself some special woolly go faster batty socks or something to run in. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a marathon. 
which for those of you out there that don't know how long a marathon is, it's just over 26 miles. And you're going to be doing this on, I think it's Sunday the 3rd of October this year. Okay. Uh, we're currently talking in the middle of June. Okay, I think today's the 18th of June from memory. Yeah. And here is a map of Scotland. And Anne, I think I'm right in saying that you now live up in the Inverness area. I do, right? yeah. That's yeah. right on the back of and, and you've decided to do this uh, marathon with the proceeds from your efforts going to Bat Conservation Trust. But... Uh, you've decided, however, you're not going to do the marathon in Inverness. Uh, you're going to do it down here in the central belt of Scotland. So was it far too hilly in Inverness? Well, Is that, was, that was one of the very first thoughts exactly that sprang to mind. Oh, my goodness, where can I run? I thought, you know, I'm old, I'm creaky. I've never done a marathon before. How can I make this as achievable as possible? And the first thought was somewhere flat. And I thought, where do I know that's flat? Car, <laughs> the canal towpath. That that's it. That's just perfect. And then yeah. actually, I just thought about that a wee bit more, and I thought, well, I know the canals reasonably well from from doing bat work along there. Yeah. There's some beautiful bat habitat along the way. So as I'm plodding along, I'll be thinking, oh yeah, if I was a bat, I'd roost in that tree or you know, live in that tunnel. And, oh, go forage over there. And oh, yeah, this is great. you know, I might pop into Linlithgow Palace or something. So great bat habitat. So that'll keep me occupied thinking of bat thoughts along the way. Yeah. And also because of the bats and the Millennium Link project, I think there must be an awful lot of bat workers who are associated with that. And I hope it will have kind of really fond memories for them. And they yeah. might, you know, I just think there are some lovely bat links there. So, and then there's all these lovely landscape features along the way and the Kelpies at the end, yeah. which I thought would be a great place for a picnic or, you know, to collapse and die. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking for another Lifetime Achievement Award, are you? <laughs> So you're going to start, I think at the moment you're thinking you're going to start at what I call Lynn's Mill Aqueduct. And there's a picture here of Lynn's Mill Aqueduct. Uh, and this, is, this has got very special memories for yeah. uh, bat people uh, that were involved with the Bats Millennium Link and also some academics that were involved uh, in site work along the canal because this, this is a location of one of the Benton's roosts. And it's also just a lovely location. You've got the yeah. River Almond going underneath it. You've got a car park up here. Uh, uh, so this is probably going to be the start point or somewhere around about here. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and your end point is going to be the Kelpies, which is like a, it's, I suppose it's like a local country park that comes at the end of the Forth and Clyde Canal before it goes into the Forth Estuary, and that's in Falkirk. But I'm noticing, okay, I'm noticing, and, you know, comic, comic pedantic, right? But, and to be fair, this is as the car travels, mm -hmm. it's saying 21.7 miles. You're not cheating here, Anne, are you? You're not oh, trying to... <laughs> Cheat. No, you see, because you've done it as the car travels, right? right I don't know okay. if you can see, but if you do as the 
uh, canal barge boat sails along, or as the old bat plods the towpath. Right. In fact, actually, if I do start from that um, aqueduct, it adds a little bit extra on. So I might have to do some extra, extra training. But I have my old map here, you see, of the, of the uh, Forth and Clyde and the Union Canals. Okay. And quite conveniently, every mile along the canal, there's a little white dot marked on. So I could, I could go from the Kelpies and count my way back. So right. I'm pretty okay. sure I'll be doing my 26.2 and possibly even a little bit more. Just okay. 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 I'll 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 give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, um I'll tell you one thing though. I'm sure as Blazer's not gonna run alongside you to uh to measure it as you go. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> uh, um yeah, because I would uh, I would struggle. I mean I, I would definitely struggle. I would maybe get to maybe six seven miles that would probably be oh. my absolute limit um and, and you walk 26 miles though neil yeah yeah i could probably walk 26 miles. That, that's what i was thinking <laughs> you know if well th there's two things right. i thought initially i thought if the worst comes to the very worst i can walk 26 miles i hope it won't come to that yeah. And then I thought, well, I could get even worse than that. But the new Scottish bat officer that's um, in in position at the minute, Cloudy, okay. is a first aider. So that's great. <laughs> he is also, <laughs> though, one of these people who whizzes around on a motorbike, taking like blood donations from one hospital to another or organs. So, I mean, if I just absolutely conk out. She can just whisk me on the back of a motorbike to the local hospital and say, here, look, we've got a fairly fresh one. Anne, <laughs> Don't Anne, let it Anne. go to waste. Yeah, Anne, Anne, Anne. I'm just getting oozes of positivity from you here. <laughs> you know, I like to sort of think, well, if all else fails, what will be the best thing to do? But hopefully I will be able to um, gently plod it. <laughs> Sounds sounds good. Sounds good. I'm sure it's gonna be. I'm sure it's gonna be good. So let's have a look. What else we got here? So this is uh, you're gonna be passing this, I would assume, because yeah. this is the point where the Union Canal meets the Forth and Clyde Canal, and this feature here uh, is called the Falkirk Wheel, and the whole the whole reason behind the name the Millennium Link. What actually happened there? Um, everyone, is in the late 1990s, uh, it was decided to reopen the canals in the central belt of Scotland in order to allow uh, towpath, walking, uh, cycling, and of course, most importantly, boat access all the way from the east coast of Scotland through to the west coast of Scotland. Now, this involved uh, building bridges, it involved moving roads, it involved uh, opening up bits of canal that had been built over or building new bits of canal. But one of the most amazing engineering achievements at the time was there was this issue where the, the altitude, if you like, the height above sea level of one of the canals was a different height to the other canal and they needed to create a feature whereby canals could move from the Union Canal onto the Forth and Clyde Canal. And this is what they came up with, and it's called the Falkirk Wheel. And this is the link, and of course it was called the Millennium Link because it was all due 
to be operational in the year 2000. Yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of what we're looking at there. And you're going to be running past yep. this. Are, are you actually going to, are you going to have a little bit of a rest here and go on a boat and go <laughs> through the field? Or are you going to run well, past it? What are you going to do? Well, I actually, I, I think I'll be gently jogging down the hill. But I did wonder, <laughs> I actually, I'm in Glasgow now. And yesterday I cycled from Glasgow to the Falkirk Wheel and back. So not actually covering my proposed route, but just to sort of get me familiar again. And I did think it would be quite nice just to sort of sit in a boat and sail down and have that experience. Because it's just such a beautiful structure. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think probably the difficulty there would be sitting down and then having to stand up and get moving again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it might be better just to keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got, I mean, and again, it's maybe just me, but uh, what I find with running is it's easier to keep going than to stop and start. And then stop again. Yeah. I, I, I certainly find that, and I know a lot of runners do. I'll I tell you a little bit of this. When I first saw this, uh, and it was opened, I was absolutely terrified to go on it. Yeah. Okay. Because you've got to bear in mind that it, it opened and the internet wasn't necessarily what it is today, although I think there was a website. And uh-huh. I was absolutely terrified because I, I, I saw what? this. Uh, yeah. Well, I seem to recall British Waterways had a video of this being operational. But I didn't know when I was watching the video that the video was speeded up of what it actually was. Right? So I thought it was a little bit like a fairground ride. Oh <laughs> and, and I remember being really, really apprehensive about it. And of course, I got there the day that I was going to do it. Uh-huh. And you could barely see the thing I moving. Know, it was so slow. So gentle and graceful. And uh, <laughs> imagine it like, Waking you out. I thought Middleton, you Wally, you know, you total Wally. Anyway, what else we've got? It's it's a beautiful route uh, and uh, and a lot of the uh, canal uh, features, if you like, between Edinburgh Mm -hmm. and uh, Glasgow and offshooting to Falkirk. A lot of uh, different habitats, a lot of really picturesque areas, a lot of interesting things, not just from a batty perspective. Uh, There's one or two to be fair, there is one or two dodgy areas at the Edinburgh side or the Glasgow side that I wouldn't fancy being in. I'll probably yeah. just keep my running pace quite high. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, why this route? I think you look at this and you kind of think... Oh, it's lovely, yeah. It's lovely. And and if the weather's with you, it's, it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. Yeah. I guess that's the one thing I, I've got no control over. You know, I can be careful with my training and with what I eat and all that sort of thing. I've got no control over the weather. So I think you just you just don't worry. You just prepare. I'll have waterproofs and things with me. And yes. then you just keep your fingers crossed. And you're going to have a bit of a support team with you as well, I think, yeah? Um, well, I'm hoping so. I haven't got any definites yet, but I think there will. Oh, oh, just, a- just stop. Just stop there, Anne. Right. <laughs> Don't have any. Come on, you people. You know, what's <laughs> happening to you? Okay, this wonderful lady needs support. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm probably going to have a friend of my daughter's starting the run with me, which will be lovely because my daughter's in Australia 
And so Lucy, her friend, lives in Linlithgow, and I think she may run it from the start to Linlithgow. And it feels like it might be the nearest thing to my daughter beside me. <laughs> so that will be really lovely. Um, okay. And then I'm hoping at the end, because the plan is to finish at the Kelpies, there might be like bat groups with all their families. And I'm hoping some little kids might run alongside me in their Batman capes or cycle along. Oh, I'm saying that. They'll be whizzing miles ahead far too fast. They'll be probably crawling along. But I th I think that that's my it. hope. I think that With would be absolutely lovely. Chariots yeah. of fire music in the background, you know, and yeah. people blowing bubbles at the end, <laughs> <laughs> waving their little bat kites or whatever else. <laughs> and obviously the staff at the Kelpies kind of all looking at each other going, oh, what what, 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 what's happening? <laughs> who, who is this person? <laughs> and stuff. Over here, we've got the other big aqueduct. This is, this is the Avon aqueduct. <laughs> Yeah, and this is on the outskirts of Linlithgow. I can't remember too much about this aqueduct other than at the time it was built uh, in the Industrial Revolution, uh, it was certainly the longest aqueduct of its type in the UK, but it was maybe even the longest of its type in Europe. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know if you know anything about that, Anne. Um, I am sure I have read on my um, map that it's the tallest and the longest aqueduct in Scotland. Okay. So it's certainly pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. It's, it's like that thing you do, right? And I do this. I'm sure most of us do this, okay? And tell me that, tell me if you do, if you don't. But you're out far on at night, say, for argument's sake, and you're absolutely knackered, right? And you're going really, really slow and you're regretting the fact that you ever started, but then you're coming up to a bus stop, for example. Uh, Some people standing at the bus stop. So you think, I'll have to put a little bit of speed on. <laughs> I'll just have to pretend there's like zombies chasing me or something. You know? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only person that does that. Yeah. Uh, what else? We, we mentioned also the BATS and the Millennium Link project, which is yeah. no longer a live project, but this was a, a big part of the Union and the Forth and Clyde Canal uh, bat-related work that was done uh, from about 1999 through to, oh goodness, around about 2007, 2008, uh -huh. I think was when Batamel uh, formally uh, wound up. And we still have, at Batability, we still have access to an awful lot of information about the bat related work that was undertaken by the BATML team, uh, which included myself. And to be fair, uh, by the end of it, I think BATML had engaged with certainly in excess of a hundred volunteers over its life. Uh, but we also had many people involved in that project that uh, they've all gone on to bigger, yeah. better, different things. And I'm thinking about people like, uh, well, the, the original team was myself, Chris Gould, and uh, Kirsty Morrison. And then we had uh, David Dodds and uh, Natalie Taylor, who's yeah. now Natalie Todman, of course. Um, I mean, that kind of gr group of people. And we had uh, Craig McAdam, who yeah. ended up working in bug life. He was like our insect person. And we had uh, Shona McKenzie, who was uh, involved in administrative work uh, and stuff like that. So I had that kind of core team. 
And goodness, when, when we look at that core team now, and we now fast forward 20 years, it's, yeah. it's really quite lovely to look. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know. And we had lots and lots of support, as I alluded to earlier. And some, some of those people are here. There's there's Natalie, there's Kirsty Gooley, uh, there's uh, Chris and Kirsty Morrison, there's David, I think, uh, there's me with slightly more here. Um, yeah, so, and we've got, we've got various other people here. This is just a collage of photographs yeah. from, from that project. And of course, Anne, I remember there was a few nights um, there were a few nights when you were along uh, participating uh -huh. or contributing to uh, BATML events, uh, either delivering presentations for courses or helping to catch bats mm. and stuff like that. So uh, just really, really nice, just really, really nice project. I've got lovely memories of it. I think just, you know, you're outdoors, you're, you're doing something different. You're with people who share the same passions and interests and you. And, and the bats are amazing and the bat detectors are, you know, the bat detector sounds are sort of musical and lovely. And then there's, there's something else, like you see an otter or something or shooting yeah. stars. And it's just like, yeah, this is perfect. I wish I could bottle this. It's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, kind of, I remember when it, when it all started, when it was just myself, Chris and Kirsty, uh, in fact, initially it was just myself and Chris, and then Kirsty got involved shortly. We we had this idea that we were going to uh, monitor the Benton's bats on the canal. We'd come up with this four-track system whereby mm -hmm. we could work out the direction the bats were flying. And we had this target, I remember, where we thought if we could get four or five people to help us, that would be that would be excellent. You know, that would be success. And goodness, the thing just um, the thing just grew arms and legs, and as more people got involved, we had more mini projects, and people had their, I mean, stuff that uh, David uh, was doing was, uh, you know, that took us off in a certain direction, and that yeah. they did certain things that took us off in another direction, and it, it just for so it's many reasons, yeah. so special, you know, uh, so, so special. But anyway, uh, just mentioning that, and people can find out more about that if they want via that and just, link. Neil, if you have a hundred volunteers, if each one of them just gave a pound to that marathon running donation, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. right. Come on. I know David, Natalie, Kirsty, Chris, oh, I think Shona, I'm Craig. They probably already have. <laughs> They've probably already done it. Okay. But yeah, come on, give a pound. We're going to show you how. Going to show you how at the end of this interview how to give a pound and just to show that uh, I am uh, not just saying that and not doing it myself. Batability has already given to the cause. All right, so <laughs> you're being very modest. You've made a very generous donation, and I'm really grateful for it. Well, you know, it's you know, what we're going to say, Anne. You know, running bats canals it's kind of taking all of my favorite things and, you know put, putting them into one place so yeah how's the training going fingers crossed fingers toes knees everything crossed it's going well by that I mean I haven't had any injuries which is the thing that I really dread 
because it seems everybody I talk to who's been training for marathons and things, they all say, oh, well, you know, I've got to give it a bit of a break just now because I've got an injury. I'm thinking, I can't afford any injuries. I found myself um, a 24-week couch to marathon plan on Runner's World. So, I'd, But at the time, I only had 21 weeks to do it in. So I thought, well, we'll just have to start a week three. So I don't know if you can see. This is my wee system. This is my chart. Okay. Yeah, I can see so that. At, yeah. at the minute, I'm into um 10K to half marathon phase. Okay. So a gold star means I did my training on the day. A green star means it was a rest day and I rested. So, but I mean, things oh, oh, are... Stop, 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 stop. Put that back up. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of stars there, Anne. Oh, oh because this is, this is, um. so this is Monday of this so that's, week. That's this week? Yeah. Oh, so okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's, it's, it's going well this week. Okay. Um, previous weeks, I think, are tucked away in another place. But yeah, so it's going all right. As long as I don't get injured, it's going to be all right. Right, so what sort of distance are you doing at the moment then? So you're kind of six um, miles or are you more than yeah, six miles? Yeah, so my last big run was was actually about seven miles. It was supposed to be six, but I had to kind of estimate. So I did a bit more than I needed to. But generally at the minute, it's sort of like 30 minutes or 40 minutes with maybe a little bit of speed play put in. That sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And then I jog really, really slowly, and then I jog just a little bit faster, and then I jog nice and slowly again. <laughs> and then on the days when I'm not running, I'll either go for a maybe three, four mile walk, or I'll go for a cycle ride. So yesterday was a nice day, and that was about a forty mile cycle. But that that was a bit extra. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so fingers crossed, it's going all right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the longest I've ever done officially is a half marathon, and that's probably going back about 25 years now. Um, but yeah. I, but for training for the half marathon, uh, I was running maybe 15, 16 miles because half marathons 13.1 miles or whatever. So I was so training, you, yeah. But beyond what you need to do, yeah. But I always remember from back then, I had a I had a friend who was a PE teacher who was a very fit guy. He got me into it, uh -huh. and and he kind of this was oh this would have been more than 25 years ago actually. I was in my early goodness, it would be more than 30 years ago, um, but. So it was before the internet, and my friend Ian, uh, he he had this training schedule for us, and he was big on the nutrition, and he was big on the rest days. You know, he said, yeah. you know, the rest days are so important. And the other thing that he kept saying to us as we prepared, it, we tried to do a reasonably long run once a week. Mm -hmm but not necessarily an excessive run. You know, we kind of, maybe every three weeks, we would then go for a mega run. And the mega runs would get gradually longer and longer. Wow. Uh, um, so, yeah, I just remember I'm just being so uh, so obsessed with that. So, yeah. Well, I would say my training boils down to a bit of physical activity. And that's balanced by sitting on my bum for the rest of the day, either doing some knitting, okay. <laughs> eating chocolate, or reading inspirational books about other people who've done marathons and triathlons. Uh, okay. So yeah. I, I just love all these stories. Like there's a lady called Sister Mary Buddha, who's a Catholic nun, 
Okay. And she got into running in her 50s and she did her first ever marathon at 52 wow. to raise money for the church. I thought, that, that's, that's great. I want to hear about people who didn't start. I don't want to know about all these people who were good at it from the age of five, you know, and were yeah. counting down. I want, oh, you know, somebody I can relate to, although maybe a Catholic nun's too good for <laughs> Old and let, let, let's not go there. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's too saintly. I, I wouldn't fit in the, her shoes in that way. But anyway, at 52, she started doing marathons. She did a few marathons and then she got into triathlon. And then this is amazing. She started doing Ironman. What? So I just think, what an inspiration. So that I'm just, that's incredible. <laughs> So I love stories like that. That that just fills me with hope. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's probably early days, okay? But I'm right in saying you've done a half marathon in the past. Is that right? I've actually done two half marathons. Okay. okay. One was very, very, very in the past. Okay. So in the past that it was probably about 35 years ago because okay. I didn't actually know it at the time, but I was pregnant with my daughter and now she's 35. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay okay yeah so anyway when when she was born I already had twins and then there was then there was Fiona so with three small children I didn't get much more running done after that okay. and then I did a half marathon last year so when I when I joined the triathlon club I thought I've got to set myself some targets so the first was like a mini triathlon which I did and then the next was a bit bigger that was my half marathon which I did in November last year uh, and then for this year it was going to be a marathon and actually it all worked out really well because first I thought oh there's not going to be any marathons because there's no events going on you know and my, my training kind of fizzled out a bit and I wasn't particularly motivated and then I saw that BCT were asking for marathon runners. I thought, oh, could I do it? And I thought, nah, nah, nah. There'll be all these young people in Lycra who can do it. You know, they'll, they'll be much, they'll be, they'll be swamped with that. And then about a week later, I saw the Facebook post again. And I thought, oh, come on, young man, come on. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, let's, let's apply to do it and see what BCT say. And they said, oh, yes, please. So I've got to do it now. <laughs> and is this... Is this connected to the London Marathon? Is this? Yeah. So yeah. this. Okay. Is so just explain a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is this would, in normal circumstances, be the London Marathon, okay. but of course, because of coronavirus and things, people aren't getting together in big groups. So it's a virtual marathon, which is quite nice, in that it means I can choose my route. So I've chosen a nice flat one, local to me. Yeah. The downside of it is you don't have hordes and hordes of crowds cheering you on along the way or you know somebody and I don't know a dinosaur suit ahead of you to think well, well if he can do it <laughs> so yeah so it's the virtual London Marathon and do they all have to take place at the same weekend or can you choose when that's to do my it? understanding yeah okay. that it's on that particular date so, so what's the chances then what is the chances that when you're doing this, that you're maybe going to meet someone else doing a virtual marathon, either going the same direction or the opposite direction? It's got to be a pretty reasonable chance that's going to happen. Oh, no. I, do you know, I've never even thought about that. Well, as long as they don't run really fast and make me feel awful. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, yeah. the bulk of the population in Scotland's, guess, yeah. you know, 
in Glasgow or Edinburgh, obviously the bulk How of it's in Glasgow. I to do the London Marathon. I yeah, don't know. You know, I just I don't know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if you meet. You yeah. Know, meet. Who knows? Who knows? It's yeah. Possible. Uh, do you think? Obviously, it's it's early days, right? Um, and you haven't done it yet, and you might uh-huh. feel very very differently, positively or negatively, having done it. But do you think this is something that you would maybe repeat again at some point in the future, uh, just for personal reasons or for other reasons? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, if I live, yeah. <laughs> is, that po- is that good positive attitude coming across again? <laughs> no, I reckon I would. If I get through this, yeah. And actually, you know, I said about having these, these goals. So, you know, I started off doing couch to 5K, which for anybody who can't run, I, I think it's just absolutely brilliant. I love Couch to 5K. I've even got my mum doing it. She's at 80. Wow. <laughs> I got my mum. Okay. I got my mum to do park run with, with her, me, my daughter and granddaughter. So we had was it four generations of the family all doing park run. So, so it, I've lost my track now. So, yeah, first of all, started doing Couch to 5K then started doing triathlon and one of one of my inspiring books that I read said that you should have three three goals one should be like a sort of fairly achievable one in the reasonable foreseeable future you know like doing your first ever like mini triathlon and then you should have a a bigger one maybe for like a year's time and then you should have a really crazy one like your you know lifetime achievement goal so my lifetime achievement goal is going to be to try and do an Ironman wow so I don't know much about Ironman other than the fact that it sounds very very difficult (laughs) what sort of distances are we talking about for Um, Ironman yeah you know I think the swimming is something like I I still think in old money so I think the swimming is 2.4 miles okay the distance running is a marathon Okay. And the cycle is 100 miles. Well, I know that I can do the swim yeah. on its own. I can do the mileage. Hopefully by the end of this year, I'll know that I can do a marathon. And yeah. I know that I could cycle 100 miles. But it's actually putting them all together on the same day and not yeah. dying along the way. It's going to be the big challenge. And do they... And does triathlon, does it always get done in the same order or can you choose the order in which you do the things? Uh, no, usually it's the same order. So it's usually swim first, cycle, run. So the hard, the hard, well, what I would call the hard bit. Right? <laughs> so you come out and see and you squelch your wet stuff right. and then you've got to sit in your bicycle saddle yeah. or you take your wetsuit off and you... Yeah. I mean, I think that's okay. I'm sitting down on a bike for the next yeah. 100 miles. Look, if there's any cyclists out bike. there, I know that cycling's hard. You okay. get off your bike and you yeah. try and run and your legs don't know how to run because <laughs> I've been cycling for so long. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bonkers. Totally bonkers. Yeah. But I think I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Okay, like, where are we? So how, how, how do people... Uh, run Annie Ann, uh, sorry, run Annie, run, okay, um, but more importantly, give people give, and it's so easy, okay, there is a money giving site that's been uh, set up, we're going to show you how to get to that in a moment, if you're watching this on Batability Club, or via one of the Batability 
uh, social media uh, outlets. The link will be underneath the video or in the post or whatever. Um, if you're not, we're going to show you how to find the link. But already, uh, and this was as of yesterday, so it's maybe a bit more than this now, but you had this target of 5,000 and you're, you're at 25%, okay? So yeah. kind of like, you're kind of like six miles into the run, okay? <laughs> and, but it's only, it's only June. We've got June, yeah. July, August, September, October. We've got four months to go, yeah? You're going to get to 5,000 quid. I yeah. hope so, I hope so. Because I really do think, I mean, I know that I work for that Conservation Trust, so that might make me sound biased. But I worked for them because I really, really believe in what they're trying to do. And I think, I, I do think they're almost like the creatures that they seek to protect. I think Bat Conservation Trust is a small charity, but, and it's kind of a little bit out of sight, out of mind, you know, compared to things like RSPB that everybody's heard of and that. So yeah. I think they're small, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're doing such a lot with, such a small amount of money and it always seems as that their budget's been cut and cut and cut and yet they can make such a big difference not just for bats but for people so for people who are scared of bats or don't know much about bats or for people who like bats and want to know more and want to get more involved I just think they're great and I think they really do deserve our support yeah yeah and a uh... You know, it's maybe quite, uh, uh, how can I put this? I mean, obviously internationally uh, over the last, uh, you know, year, yeah. year plus, um, you know, for wrong reasons, yeah. I would uh, strongly suggest. Yeah. Bats have been getting quite a tough press. Yeah. And the presence, and we're very fortunate uh, that we live in a country where, We've got such a, a active, highly regarded, uh, you know, bat conservation trust. Because many or many countries and many parts of the world, there isn't an organisation like BCT. Um, but anything that can be done to uh, give a more balanced perspective yeah. of why bats and bat conservation is important is is valuable to everybody yeah. because the world needs bats. Um, yeah, the world exactly. needs bats. Whether, whether you like bats or not, the, the world would be in a pretty bad uh, situation from its natural yeah. uh, perspective without bats. Yeah. yeah. Do you well, want to I add think, anything to that, Anne? Well, Anne? I've talked about BCT, but also want to sort of put a plug in for local bat groups as well, because they, okay. you know, it's, it's very much a joint um venture bat groups and bct working together and just what you said about you know people being scared of of bats and it's very easy if you don't know about something to be scared of it and for the media to hype that up into something negative and yeah. and just with all this coronavirus and with rabies what we need is sensible factual scientific information so people do make the right decisions and don't panic about things and don't instantly react in fear and sort of loathing um it, it doesn't do bats any good and it doesn't do people any good either to be in fear of bats yeah yeah no here here to that absolutely <laughs> absolutely so give people give how do we do that well it's pretty simple actually um 
go to the link that is alongside this video if you're on Batability Club or if you've seen this video on our social media channels, the link should be around about that post or in that post somewhere. Or if you can't find the link that easily, I believe if you just do a Google search, other search engines are available, but if you just do a Google search and you search BCT Youngman Marathon, I think I'm right in saying, Anne, that takes you to the BCT Marathon page, which then links on to your page. Do you just yeah. want to say a little bit about that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got the most terrible memory. So the way that I find it each time is just to do a search on BCT Marathon or BCT Youngman Marathon. And you're right, that'll take you to a BCT page, which will tell you a little bit more about the fundraiser and give you a little bit more background about BCT's work. And then you can simply click on a link to give. So it's dead easy. Just think BCT Marathon and Youngman. Yeah. And I'm sure you and it doesn't have to be thousands of pounds, no? No, no, no. And if, no. if you're a taxpayer, don't forget to gift aid it because that really adds a bit extra. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if everybody, as you said earlier, if everybody gave a small amount, you know, like a pound or a fiver mm -hmm. or a tenner, um, that, that mounts up. It mounts yeah. up considerably. And it's all for a good cause. And it's all for a wonderful person supporting an amazing cause and as soon as when you got in touch with me a couple of months ago now I think it was to say you were doing this I was just wow this is amazing uh we we want to we, we want to get involved in this in some shape or form and uh, this has been our uh, you know small way I suppose of getting involved it's much much easier to do this than to yes. run twenty than to run twenty six point two miles. Okay. Yes, you you do not have to download a twenty four week training plan, and you do not have to run twenty six miles. But if you do do this search, you can donate some money. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and someone can do this even if they were just sitting at home knitting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I love the picture there with the uh, with the. Millennium uh, Falkirk yeah. feel in the background, which is the thing that I was once terrified of. <laughs> but anyway, I just can't believe I told that story, actually. But uh, yeah, I did. Um, Anne, is there anything you want to say before we take things to a, to a close? I'll be... Uh... I can't think of anything other than to ask people, please keep your fingers crossed for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Neil, for the chance to, to chat to you. It's really nice. Well, well, you know something? Um, it has actually been really nice because I think I've seen you once very briefly since 2017. And uh, it's just been really nice catching up. Yeah. It's been, so and it's been a laugh. We've had, we've had a few laughs and it's been, uh, it's been vibrant and energetic, uh, as you always are. And... Uh, and added to all of that, it's just for an extremely good cause. And it's just a really lovely backstory. And I'm looking so, so forward to hearing how you're getting on with the training over the I coming will, months. I'll keep you up to date. Yeah. And totally rooting for you uh, to get to the Kelpies on 
uh, in October, that Sunday in October when you're doing this. And please, if you're in the central belt of uh, Scotland on that date, um, yeah, get in touch with Anne. Her email's there, mm -hmm. and she will be able to tell you her approximate time of arrival. Give her take a couple of hours. <laughs> and well, I'm, give hoping, her, yeah. I'm hoping it'll be around about 3pm in the afternoon. 3pm in the afternoon. And hopefully you'll be on your feet and you won't be in an ambulance, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I'm hoping. Yeah. And it might just be a really nice thing for uh, people uh, that are in the bat world or associated with Anne in any way to just be come along. For, yeah. yeah, because I would imagine it's going to be that last two, three, four miles that's going to be the toughest. Yeah. And, and knowing that there's a group of people, however big or however small, waiting for you at the end, that is possibly the difference. Yeah. <laughs> that is the difference between you getting there and not getting there, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So come along, bring a picnic and have some fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to say goodbye. Uh, Anne, don't go away because I want to talk to you very briefly okay. after. Excuse the dog in the background. I don't know if that's my background or your background, Anne, but it doesn't Absolutely. matter. <laughs> excuse the barking dog uh, but I just want to say uh, thanks Anne for a wonderful uh, talking back the old bat interview on behalf of Batability Club but available to anybody that wants to watch it thank you very much for that I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you about all of this stuff uh, we'll maybe invite you back at some point in the future to talk about how it was afterwards or something like that perhaps okay so we'll, we'll maybe do that uh, later on in the year or whatever so just uh, we're just going to do a quick thing here where we both come on screen again and we can both just say bye 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 everyone we hope you enjoyed this talking bat interview which is unedited audio-only version of the original videoed session. The full version, including video, is available via Betability Club, our online training platform. To find out more about Club, go to betability.co.uk. Till next time, thank you. Mm -hmm.